Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Lupus Ontario podcast. I'm your host, Brent Leonard. Today, we have a very special guest joining us. Dr. Sasha Coleman joins us to speak about treating chronic illness and autoimmune disease from the naturopathic perspective. Dr. Coleman is a graduate of the Southwest College of Naturopathic Medicine in Phoenix, Arizona, and currently practices in Mississauga, Ontario. Dr. Coleman has special interest in liver, gastrointestinal, and autoimmune disorders, though is equally passionate about using holistic methods to treat and prevent all kinds of illnesses. Dr. Coleman, thank you very much for joining me today. No problem. Thank you so much for having me, Brent. To introduce our listeners a little bit more to you and to naturopathic medicine in general, can you give us a bit of background about yourself, such as what drew you to naturopathic medicine in the first place, maybe why you opted to study in Arizona, and where you currently practice? Yeah, so I was technically born and raised in Toronto, but you know, I always loved things like the outdoors. I grew up using herbs and botanicals as a kid. Like if I had a stomach ache, my mother would tell me, go drink some mint tea. You know, I've been passionate about cooking and healthy foods, things like that since a really young age. So when I learned about naturopathic medicine and how it kind of encompassed all those things that I grew up on and just had an affinity for already, it just drew me right to it. So when I found out about naturopathy, I was only about 13 or 14 years old. When I was considering at the time was to be either a nutritionist or a dietitian, actually. Uh, but when I learned that naturopathy encompassed that and more, I was hooked. From 14, I was like, this is what I'm going to do with my life. What do I need to do? Which schools do I need to go to? Um, I found out about all the different accredited naturopathic medical schools in North America. There's really only seven. And so uh, I kind of wanted an experience away from home. So, you know, I, I applied to all the different schools. I, I did my interview down in Arizona, and this was the clincher for me. The lady that was doing the admissions and uh, interviews at the time, she said, you don't <clears throat> have to shovel sunshine. And that was it. <laughs> I was like, Arizona's the place for me. I've lived in Canada. All I've known is winter. So let me go down here and experience this a little bit. And the school, the environment, everything that you'd learned there was exactly what I had always dreamed of, of what naturopathic medicine would be. So yeah, I decided to move down there, did my schooling. I actually got married down there, had a child. So we were thinking about setting down roots there. But in the back of my mind, I always wanted to have a practice with my sister, who's actually a family physician here in Toronto. So she had actually established her practice. And, you know, that dream of just having an integrative practice together was still in the back of my mind. I convinced my dearly loving husband to come move up here to the cold. <laughs> and we moved with our son up to Canada just last year. And I've been practicing now in Mississauga with my sister at uh, Integrative Interactive Health. And we have a collaborative practice together. And it's really beautiful. It's really a dream to get to work up here and be back home. So that's my backstory. When you have the opportunity to go to Arizona and it's in the 70s or so uh, in, in January, then I don't yeah. think anyone in Canada here can can begrudge anyone that experience for sure. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> To give our listeners just a glimpse of what life is like as a naturopathic doctor, what would a typical day look like for you? So uh, how varied are the, are the conditions you might see in any given day? What is the age range of patients you might see? 
yeah. and and really if you could speak to what that first meeting with a naturopathic doctor looks like uh, that mm-hmm. would be great definitely so as far as uh you know age range for example we see from babies all the way up to seniors you know uh, with babies, we have a lot of modalities or treatments that are really beneficial for them. Things like homeopathy, which works really great for kids. There isn't a lot of like contraindications for it, and they respond to it really well. Then, you know, all the way up to seniors, I really love working with people uh, on diet and lifestyle changes that can really be beneficial for them. And just those simple changes can really affect the change in their health that they need and that they want to see. And then as far as who I'm seeing and uh, what kind of conditions I'm seeing, uh, it can be as simple as a common cold because we have tons of different remedies. We know which nutrients to tell you to stock up on, to boost your immune system, things like that, all the way to very complex, multifaceted uh, conditions that people have had for years and decades that no one has quite been able to get to the bottom of. Uh, The beauty in naturopathic medicine is that we're able to really put a lot of time into each individual case. And so with that, that's what a lot of my day looks like. A lot of it is kind of just research and digging into different layers of the person's health that may have been overlooked or might have not been delved into as deeply as it could have. That could really be the missing link as to why these disease processes have happened and kind of the link between all of them. You know, with uh, with naturopathic medicine, we really have a very functional medicine approach to things. So functional medicine is kind of looking at the physiology and the anatomy and how all the different organ systems are really linked and how they all can be interplaying on each other to cause and lead to all of these illnesses that we do see in our society. So it's really just a lot of a lot of research behind the scenes that I'm doing before even our first interaction oftentimes. My uh, my intake form is a little bit lengthy, but it's all for that reason, so that I can really have a good knowledge and background and really delve into areas that might have been missed in the past. So, you know, our first interview, our very first uh, appointment can last anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour. And so in that time, you know, I'm getting gathering a bunch of information. Uh, we'll do some physical exams. We'll also discuss kind of things that you've done in the past, things that other doctors have looked into already that may have been a part of the story that has been missing. And we really try and come together and create a, create a treatment plan that's specific and unique for you. And so that's kind of what the first appointment looks like. Everybody at the end of the first appointment for me gets a diet diary. I think diet is absolutely critical for pretty much every single case that walks through the door. So we're going to be analyzing that and looking into it to see what we can do to really help uh, make some changes for their health. I think that segues really nicely actually into my next question because you're speaking of looking at all of the different areas that might impact someone's health and understanding where they're coming from as a whole, whether it's from I suppose what I'll call the the mainstream medical system, uh, as well as their lifestyle, their physical activities, uh, their diet, as you mentioned. And so I think that transitions really nicely into what a lot of people kind of call holistic health now. Mm -hmm. And so if we can take maybe just a step back, 
can you give us some background on what naturopathic medicine really is, what it's all about, and then when we kind of speak of that holistic health aspect of things, what does that mean? I think we've just touched on it, but maybe just go back to that as well. Yeah, so I'll kind of go back to some core things that we talk about in naturopathic medicine all the time, which are like our six main principles. So our six main principles kind of dictate how we do medicine and how we treat uh, our patients. So one of the first things is first do no harm. That's across all of the medical field, you know, uh, that is definitely also always supposed to be our first goal. Then there's also the healing power of nature. So what that means is looking at the different things in nature, you know, getting outside, using the herbs and botanicals that have all these properties that, you know, most pharmaceuticals are really derived from, uh, looking at how they can affect change in your health, all the different areas of nature that can be beneficial to you in some ways. The next principle is identifying and treating the cause. So with that, finding the root cause is absolutely key. So that kind of goes back to what I was talking about in regards to really researching and digging and trying to see if there's something in your health that's been missing, that has been overlooked, that we really need to address. And so identifying and treating the root cause is super, super key in really seeing the, the trickle-down effect of positive health that we want to see for you. Next, doctor as teacher. Doctor as teacher is huge. And one of the benefits in, in naturopathic medicine is that we actually have the time to really do that with our patients. So we can sit and kind of do a lot of education and do a lot of counseling kind of nitpicking your diet and seeing, you know, like, what is this food? What is this actually doing? And why we might not want it in our diet. So you might not have the time or space to really delve into all of that detail with your, with your family doctor, for example. The next principle, treating the whole person. So again, we're not just looking at symptoms, we're looking at systems. So that's something I always tell my patients. I'm not just looking at the one individual symptom you may have of like a headache. I'm looking at what are you eating? How much water are you drinking? You know, is there some other reason as to why you have the headache? You also have like a digestive issue going on in, in conjunction with the headache. So really seeing if there is any other things going on in conjunction to look at the patient as a whole as opposed to just one individual symptom. And then the very last principle is prevention. So that is really, I think, where holistic medicine shines and where it kind of stands apart in a lot of uh, the medical field right now is that we are really trying to get ahead of disease. You know, oftentimes when we go to the doctor, we already have something or it's not really being treated until we have that disease, you know, diagnosis. But we want to try and get there before it gets to that point. So those are those are the main principles that naturopathic medicine is founded on. And before we kind of dive into more chronic illness and where naturopathic medicine can come into play there, as well as for lupus, uh, can you touch a little bit too on kind of the complementary aspects of, again, for lack of a better term, mainstream medicine uh, and naturopathic medicine, how they can really work together to kind of uh, prevent illness, as you've mentioned, or improve health overall uh, for patients who are seeking care? Yeah, definitely. So this is something that me and my sister particularly are very passionate about. And this is something that we really want to spread more in the medical field right now, in that us as 
different areas of healthcare and medicine as a part of your healthcare team. We each have our own lane that we can really shine in. You know, mainstream medicine has its strengths and its weaknesses. Naturopathic medicine has its strengths and its weaknesses. But I truly believe if we just highlight our strengths and really work together, we can provide the best care for patients possible. And so by really working together and having that open communication and that really open collaborative approach to healthcare, um, we can really help our patients best. Because a lot of time the patient is kind of caught in the middle trying to play uh, mediator as far as their health goes, right? And it's not a nice position to have to be in to try and justify, you know, what my family physician is saying, what my specialist is saying, what my naturopath is saying. So as, if we can make that process as seamless and effortless for the patient as possible, I think that it would really help our healthcare system as a whole. Absolutely. Yeah. And the, the more illness you can help prevent before it really takes hold, the better for the individual, the better for the healthcare system overall. Uh, it kind of feels like a win-win from that right. perspective. Right, exactly. And so when it comes to chronic illness specifically, what sorts of illnesses would you typically treat? Yeah, so I really do a lot of hypertension, diabetes, a lot of things that are very lifestyle linked. You can really see a lot of great change just because I feel like what's missing, as I've kind of mentioned before, is just the time for the education piece. And so patients kind of know why they need to make these changes it makes a more long-term change for them. And so without kind of having that educational background and knowing the reasons why and how it can really help them, they aren't gonna be as willing to make the changes I've seen. That's why I really love working with different chronic conditions that are really lifestyle-oriented, things like that. And so when it comes to autoimmune disorders, how can naturopathic medicine help treat autoimmune conditions. So is it about treating the illness as a whole? Is it more about treating only specific symptoms? Is it kind of both? Where Where's uh, naturopathic medicine coming into play for autoimmune conditions? Yeah, so with autoimmune conditions, uh, there's so many things that naturopaths can do, honestly. And what's beautiful about it is that it works in conjunction really well with any recommendations that your rheumatologist may have or your family physician may be making for you they don't have to work in opposition to each other at all. And so some of the main focuses, as I said before, you know, we're treating systems and not just symptoms. And so the systems that are really being affected, the root cause that we see with a lot of autoimmune conditions is inflammation. That is really the root issue here. And so we try to address that as, uh, as much as we can in all the different areas and avenues that we know in our medicine. So for example, there are pro-inflammatory foods and anti-inflammatory foods. That's one of the very first places that I always like to start with patients. Um, you know, if we are making sure that we target which ones are causing inflammation for you, uh, even for you specifically with specific testing we can do, um, that can cause massive turnarounds in their health not only will you see like arthritis improve, you may see skin conditions improve, you may see, uh, you know, the kidney function start to improve just by addressing kind of systemic inflammation. But yeah, there's tons of protocols that we can do. 
those are all really important aspects as well when you consider uh, lupus, for example, whether it's impacting the kidneys, the skin, um, joints with arthritis and inflammation and swelling and other conditions as well, these are other avenues that can be explored to help ease suffering and symptoms and flares mm -hmm. uh, that maybe wouldn't get addressed or addressed perhaps in the same way uh, by going to a family doctor versus a naturopathic doctor. So it's really interesting when you bring up those examples and how it fits with lupus. Yeah, and just to kind of add to that, I mean, one of my goals is to try and make your life a little easier, right? Ultimately, as your doctor, that's what I want for you. And so you may be on a number of medications. You may be having to take NSAIDs very frequently just to manage your pain. But, you know, NSAIDs long-term can have a lot of serious effects on other organ systems that you may not want, right? So as opposed to using the NSAIDs, we could be doing these lifestyle and dietary changes to help with, you know, that pain that you're experiencing. You know, I've had patients that, had things like rheumatoid arthritis that was absolutely crippling to them. And just making certain dietary and nutritional changes, they were able to, you know, decrease their methotrexate, decrease NSAID use, all of that. I'm not saying that we have to eliminate all your medications. I don't think that's necessarily uh, the goal in mind for every patient. But if we can minimize it and bring back that quality of life for you, as much as possible, that's really, really what we want to try and do. Exactly. Not necessarily eliminate medications because that could lead to other problems specifically exactly. for lupus patients, but if you can minimize some of them right. and kind of avoid that buildup of medications in your system, we've, we've talked to people in the past on this podcast who have spoken to some of the, the effects that being on medications for years can really have on people's bodies and their systems and cause other problems. Exactly. So the more you can minimize that, that's a positive for sure. Right, right, right. So that's really what I'm trying to do as far as, you know, working in collaboration with sort of what your treatment protocol is already and just trying to improve essentially. So there's a lot more focus on naturopathic medicine these days. Uh, I don't know if perhaps the pandemic has kind of driven people more to thinking outside the box on how they're going to treat certain conditions. Um, but there's been more of a focus on it and the role that it can play in improving health and preventing or minimizing the effects of illness. Uh, among those kind of movements, there seems to be some buzzwords or, or buzz phrases. And one of the ones that comes up a lot is gut health. Mm -hmm. And so gut health seems to be a popular topic of conversation. How is it linked to different conditions? Uh, is there any specific link to rheumatoid arthritis, for example, or chronic conditions or autoimmune conditions? Mm -hmm. Definitely. There's tons of research coming up about it right now. I mean, gut health is a massive topic in regards to pretty much every area of your health. The last time that I was on with Lucas Ontario, we did the webinar on food sensitivity testing, and it was a really great discussion. I was kind of just going into how that specific blood test that you can get can analyze, you know, up to 180 to 220 different foods and see which foods specifically are causing inflammation for you. We have these inflammatory markers called immunoglobulin G. And so when those are increased too much in the bloodstream, uh, that can cause to a lot of issues in regards to inflammation. 
and those deposits can happen in areas such as the joints, the skin, the kidneys, all the different organ systems essentially, all stemming from poor gut prep health. So we really want to focus on making sure that that microbiome is good and healthy. We want to make sure that that gut wall is intact and strong and not leaky. Uh, you know, that's another term that's going around a lot is the leaky gut syndrome, uh, which is very, very common, especially with our North American diet. We really have to try and fix all those things that are kind of at play right now. There's a number of different factors for our stress, our sleep, you know, environmental toxicities that all play a role in the quality of our gut health. Um, and then, of course, what we eat. So we have to address the gut in order to stop the downstream effects that we see in all of these different diseases. So not only autoimmune diseases, but people with just plain old arthritis, with acne, with consistent migraines, all those types of conditions can have to do with gut health and our gut microbiome. So it's critical. <laughs> it's really critical. It you you kind of paint an interesting picture actually, and if if people think back to maybe early days high school or maybe even elementary school, and they think about biology and ecosystems, mm-hmm. we're we're taught at an early age then that if something is out of whack in an ecosystem, then it really throws the whole thing off. And so you, if you kind of relate that same lesson to your own personal health and your systems internally, you can't see them. But if there's a problem there, it makes sense that it might throw other things out of whack as well. Exactly, exactly. And for lupus patients, there's definitely been a lot of research done as far as dysbiosis, or which is just that uh, imbalance in the proper uh, good bacteria that's supposed to be in your gut. Dysbiosis is a big issue for lupus patients, and we've got to address that. We've got to assess it and make sure that we are putting and replacing the good bacteria that need to be there for our bodies to function So can you give us an example of how naturopathic medicine can help a lupus patient deal with their symptoms and with their flares? Yes. So in general, I use the functional inflammology protocol that's developed by Dr. Alex Vasquez. He wrote pretty much a textbook on integrative rheumatology and it's a really great outline of sort of the areas that we should be covering for an autoimmune patient or specifically a lupus patient. So first is food, uh, which includes basic supplementation, allergy identification, um, things like the food sensitivities as I was talking about. And then, you know, the next point is looking at infections and dysbiosis. So a lot of lupus patients can have issues with recurrent infections. So we want to make sure that we're looking out for that and making sure that we're on top of it, getting them on um, antimicrobials if necessary uh, to help eradicate any infections. And then dysbiosis, again, is making sure that that gut uh, environment is balanced and has that good bacteria that it needs. Nutritional immunomodulation is another important area that we do in, the, in that protocol. So what that just means is eating the foods that are going to be uh, causing a decrease in inflammation and making sure that we're eliminating the foods that are causing inflammation. So it's how we pretty much modulate the immune system in that way. 
messes with dysfunctional mitochondria. We have to look and see if those little energy sources or our mitochondria are functioning properly and address that. The next point, which is huge, is our style of living. So that covers, you know, your stress level, your sleep, uh, how much you're sweating and eliminating to eliminate toxins, exercise, all those types of areas of your life. Next is endocrine balance and optimization. So endocrine balance is in regards to all the different hormones that are at play in your endocrine system. And with that, they can have a lot of effects to your health in different ways. The last point is the phenobiotic immunotoxicity. What that just means is all the different environmental toxins that we can be bombarded with from our environment and how they can play a role in our immune system and how they can you know, negatively usually impact our immune system. So that's kind of the, the general protocol that I'm looking at, but more specifically, if I had a lupus patient who had issues such as, you know, for kidney function, they're maybe not sleeping well, they have uh, like frequent recurrent headaches, or they also have Hashimoto's thyroiditis at the same time, you know, a case like that, there's a lot of things going on, but these are some of the things that I may go into. So with the kidney function, there's a lot of different herbs that we can use that are known as nephroprotective herbs that can help to maintain and improve the person's kidney function. There's also different dietary changes we can make to help improve kidney function. With sleep, we may start off with, you know, some sleep hygiene recommendations. So, you know, what's your sleep environment like? How, how soon are you going to bed? Is it dark? Are you looking at your phone before bed? You know, all these types of things can really affect our sleep quality. Or if it's something deeper than that, I may suggest something like melatonin. So melatonin is really great for sleep, but it also has immunomodulatory effects, which can be really helpful for someone with lupus. You know, the next symptom I mentioned was frequent headaches. So with frequent headaches, you know, it could be that you're not drinking enough water, but we also have to address different, more deeper things that potentially could be at play. So if there's an excess hormone called prolactin, for example, prolactin uh, can cause headaches for a serious of an issue as like a tumor. There's a prolactinoma, which is a specific type of tumor that can cause headaches and other neurological signs. So we wanna make sure that it's not something like that. Uh, if it's not, prolactin can be affected by different herbs like Vitex. Vitex is a really excellent immunomodulatory herb that can really help lower that prolactin level if it's in excess, which we do see with lupus patients sometimes. Uh, another way to affect it is also by affecting the thyroid hormone. So this patient, our hypothetical patient happens to also have hypothyroidism and hypothyroidism and excess prolactins can often go hand in hand. And so with that, by addressing the thyroid gland and making sure that we support it with the nutrients it needs like selenium, iodine, zinc, all those things, or herbs like ashwagandha with the excess for the thyroid will then also in turn or indirectly be bringing down that prolactin at the same time. So with that kind of functional medicine approach, we are supporting systems and we're trying to affect the change that we want without turning things off in a way. So that's kind of a difference in naturopathic 
versus, you know, conventional models of treatment often. That's really interesting. So if you had this hypothetical patient, you would, I assume, do some hormone testing. Mm -hmm. And then depending on the results of that, you would tailor treatments and protocols accordingly. So if you saw an increase in certain hormone levels or decrease uh, perhaps in other levels, you would use that as kind of your basis to explore a little further and figure out what protocol might work. Is that right? Exactly. So as we kind of go toward the end of our conversation, I'm kind of reminded that people may be hesitant to go to a naturopath just because maybe they're accustomed to going to the hospital, they're accustomed to seeing their family doctor. It's tough sometimes to break out of what that traditional cycle is and open up to new horizons. And so if someone is curious about seeing a naturopath, they haven't yet, but they're still hesitant. What advice would you have to encourage them to take that first step and look up, look at that new horizon and possibly that new approach to health? Yeah, definitely. So I would say set up a meet and greet. Most naturopaths uh, offer like a free 10 or 15 minute uh, consultation where you can ask them your questions. You can see kind of what it would be like to work with them and just kind of get to know them a little bit. So if you are curious, definitely just reach out the client of inquire and find out more. We really encourage people to seek it out just because it's a really great form of adjunct care. You know, it's not necessarily to replace anything that you have in, in place right now, but it can just add to sort of what you have going on. And again, give you just more of an optimal lifestyle that you see improvements in your health that you want to. And one other question I did have, actually, I meant to ask it a moment ago, was you were speaking of the uh, the different dietary testing that can be done to see about food sensitivities. Mm-hmm. What other kinds of tests are really kind of at your disposal as a naturopathic doctor? Is it very similar to a family physician and, and blood tests and what have you uh, that they may have access to? Yes, we actually do. So we do a lot of the similar blood tests that a family physician would do. Um, but we also have very specialized panels. So for example, uh, with the thyroid panel, usually they may only test your PSH and maybe your uh, PCH4, but we will also usually test the antibodies and also other things in regards to the thyroid gland. So we do a lot of testing. And when I'm working with a lupus patient, because there's so many different areas that it can affect, hormones play a huge role in everything. And so, you know, I'm most likely going to be checking your thyroid, your, your sex hormones, going to be looking at, you know, your melatonin, your vitamin D status, a number of other things. So these are all different tests that we'll definitely assess, most likely from our first appointment. If you haven't done them already, I send you out to do that testing and just to gather more information. And last but not least... Just to kind of, again, give our listeners a bit more of a window into who you are and kind of the, the life that a naturopathic doctor can lead, what are some of your hobbies and interests outside of your clinical practice? Yeah, so I actually really love listening to podcasts. <laughs> so I was very excited to come on today, and I was listening to music. I still love cooking. That's still one of my joys from childhood. And I have my four-year-old son, which is a huge enough hobby on its own. <laughs> it keeps, me, 
<laughs> Definitely. You've got your hands full for sure. In a good way. Yes, yes, yes. Well, Dr. Coleman, I'd like to thank you again for taking the time out of your busy day to join us here and explain a little bit about naturopathy and the benefits that it can have really overall, but also for lupus patients and people suffering from chronic and autoimmune uh, illness. So thank you very much for taking the time. No problem. Thanks again so much for having me back. Thank you for joining us for this conversation. We truly hope you enjoyed it. Please stay tuned to the Lupus Ontario podcast and Lupus Ontario social media as we move closer to the month of May. As many of you know, the month of May is Lupus Awareness Month, and specifically May 10th has been declared Lupus Awareness Day in Ontario. We will have special announcements throughout the month of May. Please stay tuned for some exciting events to come.